Alex Jones is out there. Is he funnier than us? By a lot. Shit. Don't call me illustrious. I won't. Good. <laughs> it's weird. I don't like it. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> okay, now I'm going. Welcome to Movie Pain Your Pleasure Podcast, and this is our Christmas episode. Yay! Happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, Merry Christmas, all the other holidays that, oh, uh, Boxing Day for Canada, we'll probably be watching Letterkenny Season 10. And to celebrate, we're wearing red for Christmas, and I am going to drink this little bottle of Maker's Mark. Isn't it cute? Isn't it pretty? It's got the, I almost don't want to open it because it's got this pretty wax on here. But I'm going to. It looks like nail polish. My non-illustrious co-host is here with me, AJ Wall. So while I'm opening my little bottle of whiskey that's so precious and cute, why don't you tell the audience what we're doing tonight? What? You're not illustrious. Twisted it. You twisted it. AJ Wall. <laughs> Keep talking. I'm trying to get this lid off. So, Christmas movies are a thing. Um, we've bitched so fucking much this month. So... That's what we're doing. We're talking about 15 I of our favorite Christmas I wish there was a good Christmas Hanukkah movies. movie we could talk about. I was, yeah, yeah, I was trying to think of Jewish movies, and all I could think of was The Possession and The Vigil, and those are horror movies. I know of one Hanukkah movie, and it's absolutely terrible. Is it? Oh, is it Eight Crazy Nights, the Adam Sandler one? Yes. Oh, yeah, that's not good. No. It's okay. so offensive. Yeah. Okay, so we are going through a list of 15 of our favorite Christmas movies. Most of these we've watched together. Some... I've watched on my own, some AJ has watched on his own, but these are ones that you can watch over the holiday season and into the rest of the year. So, salute. Let's get started with our list. Our first one is Jingle All the Way, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> and this is one that AJ made me watch not too long ago. I'd never seen it. You know, always when there's a lot of rushing in movies and a ticking clock, it makes me really anxious, even with stupid movies like this. So I put it off for a while. I, I watched it and I was actually thought it was really funny. I'm more of a, like, I like my Arnold Schwarzenegger as a Terminator set out to kill everybody. But it, it, this was funny. So while I take a drink, why don't you talk about what the, the movie's about? This oh, was, that's smooth. This was, mm. God. So this was a great um, palate cleanser after we watched Saving Christmas for the review. And Which, so, can I say something? Saving Christmas... Is the worst goddamn Christmas movie I've ever seen in my life. Listen to our podcast or watch our video about it. Our video and our podcast is really funny. And this movie is freaking bananas. You may just have to see it to believe it. So yeah, Palette Cleanser for Saving Christmas, which was the worst offensive Christmas movie I've ever seen. Also, support the algorithm, God, and, and follow and like and share and all that shit. Um, Are you asking God to support the algorithm, like support the I'm algorithm, comma, God? I'm asking for them comma, to God? support the algorithm, God. The algorithm, God. Yeah, because okay. we always forget that shit. <laughs> and, yeah. Anyway, so, Saving Christmas was super over-the-top, like, commercialism, commercialism, commercialism. And so is this movie. But it's really fucking funny. Because it's just about Arnold Schwarzenegger, as a dad, trying to find a, this action figure toy based off this guy it looks like an asshole version of uh power rangers and he looks like john cena as the peacemaker kind of like, <laughs> like 
<laughs> and uh, that's it. He's in a big city, and the toy is nowhere to be found because... They didn't expect it to be a huge sell, I guess. It's also, well, but there was that thing in the 90s and kind of the early 2000s where it was the big hot toy of the season, like Furbies and Tickle Me Fucking Elmo. And when I was a little girl, Cabbage Patch dolls were the big thing. I didn't like dolls. So my parents, I always wanted, like, stuffed animals People and books. People just running over cashiers but, to get a fucking Cabbage but Patch my, doll. But my grandmother, my maternal grandmother, got me a Cabbage Patch doll in Italy. And her birth certificate, I still have her, I, her birth certificate is in Italian. That's cool. It um, is cool. <laughs> and she kind of has dark olive skin, so. So, yeah, I anyway. Yeah, I have an Italian Cabbage Patch doll. Commercialized at Christmas, I guess. Like, fuck everybody around you. Uh, stamp on people if you have to. Commit crimes. <laughs> um, it's funny. Go back and watch it. It is funny. It's and just... It, Sinbad is in it. He's kind of his... Sort of antagonist, but also kind of friend. And and he's kind of a... He's not Such a bad father, but he learns a lesson about family and what's really important, you know. Is, is spending all hours at your job really important, or is it spending time with your yeah, family? Yeah, he kind of doesn't really actually make up for it, what he did. Like, he does, but it's entirely by accident. So that makes him still kind of a dick, but I mean... It's fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger in a children's movie. And they used the entire budget on that last, like, ten minutes of him flying around for no fucking reason. Yeah, but it's funny. I like it. You don't have to have kids or anything to appreciate it. It's a good family movie, and it's silly. Anakin's in it. It's a Star Wars film. It is! Little Anakin Skywalker (laughs) is his little son. He's cute. Alright, so next movie number two. The Santa Claus, starring Tim Allen. And this is one that AJ had seen and then I watched recently. And what really got me at the beginning is is the really dark element that Santa just falls off a roof and dies. Yeah. And Tim <laughs> Allen, I mean, Tim Allen had to fill in his role. And I thought, what if that's a thing? Like, if you kill somebody, you have to take over their job. What if Santa was <laughs> murdered by a crackhead? Then we'd get some really interesting Christmas presents. That would be awesome. They'd be skinny enough to get down the chimney. Oh, if bad Santa had killed this Santa Claus and became the Santa Claus. <laughs> we all need a little bad Santa in our life. Okay. Anything yeah. else on the Santa Claus? They took um, fun liberties with the idea. Mm-hmm. Like they, they leaned into the the uh, aesthetic and everything. So yeah. it was cool. And that was one I avoided for a long time because I Tim hate... Tim Allen? I, well, uh, Tim <laughs> Allen's fine. I love him as Buzz Lightyear. I don't like family movies. I hate rom-coms. I hate like wholesome family type of entertainment. But this one was darker than I thought it would be, so I I liked it. Good enough. Yeah, I could watch it again. Okay, number three is my favorite of all time from my childhood, Mickey's Christmas Carol. Uh, yes, I love it. And Disney Plus didn't have it last year, so I went out and bought the DVD. It's, it's like 45 minutes, but I love it. We used to watch it every year. My brother and I would watch it every year. On Christmas Eve. Sometimes, unfortunately, we had to go to Midnight Mass after that. But it was just good memories of watching that. I love Scrooge McDuck. He's a dick, which I kind of am too. So I really like him. I love what they do with the ghosts. And it's funny. It's clever. It's got all the Disney classic characters. And it stays pretty true. I've read The Christmas Carol. Shout out to Audible if they want to sponsor us. But I should have, like, downloaded the Christmas Carol this month and listen to it. 
Mm -hmm. This isn't on our list, but this is just a little bonus one. The Jim Carrey Christmas Carol was oh, yeah. pretty good. We watched it last year on Christmas, and, and last year was the first Christmas I'd ever spent entirely alone. So I was uh, recovering from knee surgery. It was the middle of the pandemic, so I didn't want to go visit my parents or grandparents. Um, AJ had gone off to see his dad for a night, and so I was alone. And then when he got back, he said, we haven't watched any Christmas movies. This year is so shitty. Let's watch a Christmas movie. And this one had a lot of language that sounded like it was from the book. So this is another one that I think stays pretty true to the book. And Jim Carrey does a great job as Ebenezer Scrooge. Mm. Okay, so that's a bonus one. And since we're on Scrooge, number four is Scrooged I with still, Bill Murray. Still haven't watched it. I, I know. I have the DVD. I need to make you watch it. And I was thinking... I watched this movie when I was probably a little too young for it to be appropriate, but my parents love Saturday Night Live. They have they married in 1975, the same year that the show started coming out, and they've watched it ever since, and they made me and my brother watch like, everything related to Saturday Night Live. So whenever Scrooge was on, we would watch it. Bill Murray's funny. He's a corporate TV guy. That's the Scrooge character. His name is Frank Cross. And he gets visited by a Marley type of character. And he's very selfish. He's all, he's all into money. He treats his family like crap. He has an old girlfriend that he kind of treated like crap. And so it goes through the classic Scrooge story of the past, present, and the future. They but show him doing cocaine because I feel like he would be on cocaine. No, but I'm going to guess cocaine <laughs> was involved with this movie. So number five, getting off of That's the so Scrooge theme is A Christmas Story, which I actually the haven't watched. Everyone knows. It's funny. I actually haven't watched it in about two years because I've seen so many, I've seen it so many times. And really these days, there's only my favorite part in the whole movie is when he's got the little orphan Annie decoder ring and he's really stressed out and he's trying to get the code. And he finds out it's Ovaltine, crummy commercial. Son of a bitch! And for some reason, the way he says that is so funny. I brought that makes back me laugh some, so hard. I brought back some Ovaltine from my trip to my mom's place. And you haven't shared it because... I forgot. Ovaltine is good! Anyway, I used to have Ovaltine when I was a kid. I also got a Red Ryder BB gun the year I saw that movie. Like, my dad, I think, like, put me on it. He was like, mm. oh, wouldn't that be a cool gift, huh? Wouldn't you like that? I think my brother had one, too. Which I totally enjoyed it, but... Oh, also, this is way off topic. Shout out to my mom for giving us a, a webcam. Yes, thank you for the webcam. The so, lighting is that's better. That's why it's so bright. <laughs> it's weird. Sometimes early Christmas gifts can be a good thing. Yeah. So, number six is The Muppets Christmas Carol. That is a good one, and that's one I hadn't Saint, watched before. Sanctified. Best Christmas movie no, okay, maybe not the best one, but it's my favorite Christmas Carol. Oh, okay. My favorite Christmas, my favorite version of Christmas Carol is the Mickey Disney one. This one's twice as long, and you get way more characters. I don't care. It's my favorite one. Well, okay, why is it your favorite? I like it. I'm, also, not, I'm not disputing your point. Okay, it's curious. also the one I grew up on, so that's not really fair. Um, I have major nostalgia. I, I like that it's through the the lens of Rizzo and Gonzo. Rizzo and Gonzo are always fun. I love Speaking that. of crackheads, they're the <laughs> best. <laughs> I, me and my cousins used to, like, quote 
uh, Rizzo all the time. Like, when they're going, they're... I think it's the first ghost is taking Ebenezer out to a light, and it's supposed to take him to the past, and it's Rizzo just screaming underneath him or <laughs> yeah, something like Rizzo that. Yeah, Rizzo is basically like a rat version of Tweak from South Park. True. And also, uh, fucking Michael Caine's in it, Michael so. Caine is Ebenezer Scrooge. Michael Caine's the shit. Yeah, he's perfect. I think he's the only human in it. He's acting while all these dumb Muppets singing and shit. Just yeah, <laughs> anybody who can act with the Muppets is okay in my book. So that's a fun Except one. Except Tim Curry. Except Tim Curry. Tim Curry was disappointing in Muppet Treasure Island. He oh was God. so... I'm like, I'm expecting a weirdly sexual song because it's Tim Curry. And it's he's Long John he's Silver. So he's a pirate. Calm. And he's just, he's, he's just very reserved. The most natural person. They, like, saw his other work and, like, hey, Tim, can you turn it down? Because this is... And he's like, oh, It's kind of for this. kids. And then all that pent-up aggression got taken out in Fern Gully. I was about <laughs> to say, you know, we've seen Fern Gully with... Um, if you haven't seen Fern Gully, at least look up the song Toxic Love on YouTube and just read the comments. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's Tim Curry... And his most creepily Frankenfurter sexual. Anyway, we'll go off on a whole tangent yeah, if we not, He's not good in, in Muppet Treasure Island. Michael Caine is great as Ebenezer Scrooge in A Muppet Christmas Carol. See, you guys are getting Just all these bonus... Kermit like shit. You're getting I these extra it. bonus things. Well, I don't really like Kermit the Frog. You know what? Maybe because he reminds me of me because I have anxiety and I can be irritating to people. So maybe I just hate Kermit just because he's going, like a version huh. of myself. Well, that's all I can hear in my head right now. And isn't P Piggy says wife in it? Yeah. Right? And they've got, like, frog and pig children. Yeah, and you know. Because that what, works. You know what happens. Oh, it works. They make a... They get some frog legs for dinner. Oh! That's what happened to Tiny Tim's leg. <laughs> I never thought of that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Number seven is the answer that smart-ass people always come up with when they say, what's your favorite Christmas movie? And that is Die Hard. Die Hard is an action movie that takes place on Christmas Eve, and it stars Bruce Willis and Alan Rickman. And I believe this was Alan Rickman's breakout movie role. He'd been a, a big theater actor, and this and was either his first or one of his first, and he was in his 40s when... That's weird. Yeah. Like... I don't know how I would feel if my breakout role was being a terrorist. But he was so good. Hans like, Gruber. I guess it's better Well, he, he got to be Snape after that, so I yeah. guess it was... Wait. So his... <laughs> I mean, there was a while between Die Hard and I know, Harry but I'm just saying, like, it's some of your biggest roles that people know you. You're a terrorist. You're 40-year-old bully that won't leave a kid alone whose parents died. And a guy who stole a man's daughter and put him in jail. Sweeney Todd. Oh, Sweeney Todd, yeah. I mean, Alan Rickman had a long and wonderful career. Cut too short. We are sad that he's gone. We wish his, we wish Alan Rickman were still with us. I actually forgot that. Forgot? Sorry. That he died? Oh. <laughs> yeah. He is frowning down from heaven on us right now. Oh, and also, he was the angel Metatron in Dogma. That's where I really first saw Alan Rickman and, and just fell in love with him. So number eight is also a somewhat unconventional Christmas movie. One of my my probably my second favorite movie of all time, and that's The Godfather. Oh. Now the the entire movie I had to fill out this list and make it an even fifteen. <laughs> so it, it. I mean, can we technically say Annie? I was thinking Annie. I yeah. wanted to say Annie <laughs> when we were talking about. Um, not Tim Curry, but we were talking about something else, and I was like, you know what else is a Christmas movie? Yeah, I was Fucking like, Annie. there's a Christmas in there. It ends on Christmas. It ends on Christmas, so technically Annie is a Christmas movie. 
Annie from 1982, the only good Annie. If you want to know more about why we love the musical Annie so much, watch our Thanksgiving special where we talk about movies we appreciate. So, anyway, The Godfather has parts of it that take place at Christmas. Tom Hagen is carrying a sled that he's buying for his kids when, uh, not Barzini, um, the Turk, Salazzo the Turk and his men kind of kidnap him and they take him away because they want to talk Don Corleone into partnering with Barzini and selling drugs, which Don Corleone did not want to do. So I really love this movie. It takes so parts of it take place at Christmas. That counts. That's good enough. It would always play on TV, on TBS or something around Christmas time. So my dad loves The Godfather. He's the one who got me into it, and um, he would just watch pieces of it as it played on TV at Christmas time. So it's an adult's. Um, Christmas story. Basically, like sometimes we would go back and forth between The Godfather and a Christmas story, depending on when there were commercials. It'd be funny if right when he when um, the kid is daydreaming about using his Red Rider, you switch over and to the and to Sonny's the, getting shot or, or something, or to the very end where Connie's son is being baptized, which it was actually Sofia Coppola as a little baby. But the baby is being baptized, and Michael is having everybody killed, and they so they show the scene of everybody getting shot. Yeah, they go perfectly together. You're taking care of all family business. Jelly and peanut butter or whatever. Yeah. Christmas and Italian mobsters murdering each other. I mean, right. mobsters probably love Christmas. They're all Catholic. All it's the Italians like the are Catholic. one day when you're allowed to kind of like... Like, can everybody just leave each other alone? It's I wonder Christmas. if they did the thing. So my mom's mother is Italian, was Italian, and her parents came from Italy. And on Christmas Eve, of course, they were devout Catholics, and they wouldn't eat meat. So they would do the Catholic thing and eat fish, which I always argued as a Catholic child. Fish is meat. It's meat. an animal. Uh, I have fished plenty of times. Fish don't want to be caught, and they don't want to be eaten. She would make this horrible thing called bacala, and it's like brine cod it sounded disgusting, but my great-grandmother loved it, so my grandmother would make her this. It was something like the meal of the seven fishes or the feast of the seven fishes, so they need all this nasty fish crap on Christmas Eve. So It's probably healthy. It's I mean, part of my history. Ugh. No, thank you. Anyway. I'll pass on that. Number nine, speaking of The Godfather, is one you just talked about on Saving Christmas, Tokyo Godfathers. So why, yeah. while I get a little more sauce, why don't you talk about Tokyo Godfathers? I wish I've, I wish I had seen it more than... I've seen it once or twice, and it was a long time ago. There needs to be an English dub. I don't think there is. I hope someone makes it. <sighs> Poor Satoshi Kon. That man was awesome. So What so, happened to him? Satoshi Kon is... Well, he's dead. Um, he was an anime director. He did Paprika, uh, Perfect Blue, and he's really good at, like, creepy, mind-altering stuff. Like, you'll not necessarily know what's really going on, because the movies just confuse the shit out of you. It, it, is, it, is Tokyo Godfathers as much of a mindfuck as Paprika and Perfect Blue Well, were? it's interesting that that's the guy that decided to make... A Christmas movie. So basically, the premise is a transgender woman, a homeless alcoholic, and a uh, teenager who has run away from home are all together on like Christmas Eve, and they happen to find a baby like in a dumpster or something. I don't, I don't remember where they find the baby, <laughs> but so they take the baby back to its home, and there's a bunch of like. 
adventure and meh, 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 and whatever and and mistakes and all that shit. It's just it's really fun and it's it's really heartfelt, whatnot, heartwarming. I don't I can't explain it correctly, but it's amazing and go and watch it even if you're one of those people that only watches su dubs. Dubs. I'm kind of I'm kind of a dub person, but still it's worth, it's worth reading the movie. I watched all of One Punch Man with the subtitles on. And it was that better was okay. in sub, to be honest yeah. with you. Uh, and all the Tony Jaa movies. Um, not all of them, but the Ungbok. Anyway, balls. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and said balls all day. So, yeah, Tokyo Godfathers is fucking awesome. And it's just, it's such a grungy subject matter. These three homeless people with their out-of-the-ordinary problems and shit and them arguing amongst each other and they only really like each other at the beginning and then yeah it's yeah and well, then they bond over this baby yeah because they gotta save a baby and i think i think the transgender woman wants to like keep it <laughs> they, have to, they have to convince her she can't just keep a baby yeah so number 10 is one that we just watched the other day i've seen it many times but this was aj's first time watching it and that is it's a wonderful life oh, starring jimmy stewart fuck so I've seen it a thousand times. I love it, but I want to get your reaction because that was your first time ever watching it a few days ago. It's, okay, the only problem, literally the only problem I have is they didn't have enough of, like, the big moment everyone knows about, which is him seeing the airs of his, his thoughts about his life and all that. Like Yeah, I mean, the most famous thing that the movie's known for is George Bailey meets Clarence the Angel and sees less, what, what, would, what would his life be, if he had never been born, what would life be like? It was like and the last 12 minutes. Yeah, it's like an hour, and, and we watched the director's cut. So the, the version I always saw on TV was probably 30 minutes shorter. We watched it on Amazon Prime, and it's really long. It's like two, two hours, hours and, and change. Minutes. Yeah, uh, and so the first hour and 20 minutes... It's just, you know, stuff happening, and then we find George Bailey in a, Bailey in a bar on Christmas Eve, yeah, and, like, and that's the that's the big conflict climax can, of the story. Since it starts out, I love the angels talking shit to each other. <laughs> yeah. like, like, All bureaucratic and, and everything. They, they sound like New Yorkers or some shit. Now give it a man, and you'll see what's going on here. <laughs> yeah, <Whatever>. see? <laughs> that's awesome. But you kind of get the idea from the very beginning. They set you up like, okay, someone's... Had, this guy, what we're t ta telling you about now, he's having a bad time or whatever. He's discouraged. He ain't. He's worse than sick. He's discouraged. <laughs> um, from the very beginning, you realize he's gonna he's gonna go up, and then something's gonna knock him down, and go up, and something's gonna knock him down. Like every time he almost gets what he wants, he can't get it. Um, he still has a great life and everything, but by normal standards, he has a great life, but it's still not what he wanted. But the, it, okay, it would have been a great Twilight Zone episode. It does feel like, like a Twilight Zone episode when... Because we all know that, you know, George Bailey is having his moment where he does it. But if this happened to you, you would also be questioning, like, no, 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 this isn't right. Uh, my friend is right over here, and what's going on? And so it felt, also it was in black and white, it looks very Twilight Zone-y, so it felt very Twilight Zone at the end, which I appreciate because we like the old classic Twilight Zone Also, shows. I don't... It shouldn't matter to me, but just watch it in the original, black and white. Like, don't watch the the color. There is a technicolor version. I've avoided I it. I, we specifically chose not to. I don't see the point. Like, it, it looks fine. It's part of the era. I want it to be 
just as it is. And here's another Annie tie-in. So Lionel Barrymore, who was either the grandfather or great-grandfather of Drew Barrymore, was a delightful villain as old mean <laughs> Mr. Potter, and you had a thought about him. So in in every like comic book series, the, the main character has a villain who's basically the same person but opposite. So Venom, Spider-Man, like that. And I thought that this guy would be a great opposite for Daddy Warbucks. See how we brought Annie back into it? So <laughs> Annie is really the the glue that holds our multiverse together. Annie's riding in the same wheelchair as FDR. From yes! <laughs> so... And they would probably hate each other. Like, FDR would try to be nice to Mr. Potter, but Mr. Potter would hate him. Like, Daddy Warbucks and, um, what's this dude's name? Mr. Potter? Mr. Potter. They would, like, sort of talk shit to each other at, at the local club. Whatever. At the men's club where they smoke cigars and drink bourbon and stuff. Yeah, and while also making fun of the lesser people, probably. <laughs> but also, I pointed out, Daddy Warbucks is a billionaire. Mr. Potter's probably only a millionaire. So that would always be, a, like, a, a bee True. in his bonnet. He wouldn't like that. And I think that... Um, like they might riff on uh, what's his on FDR until Potter takes it a step too far and Warbucks would have to stand up for his friend and then maybe he's like well I'll get you in touch with him and then we could see Mr. Potter with his secretary pushing him fighting FDR with his wife pushing him and just <laughs> bare knuckle boxing FDR and Mr. Potter just and uh... push me forward Lydia yeah. <laughs> Eleanor. I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> Eleanor Roosevelt. She's Lydia now. Eleanor Lydia Roosevelt. It was funny with Lydia. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, what fucking movie were we talking about? <laughs> it's, a it's a Wonderful Life. life. <laughs> anyway. See, but I, we had to bring Annie back in because Annie's so, the best movie of all time. Yeah, great movie. Just as a movie. It's a little disappointing that the last piece is so little of the movie because I There's... think it's only bothersome to me because I already sort of knew about it. Like, everybody's absorb that into their life it's just in point. like the canon of our pop culture yeah, collected knowledge osmosis it's but the whole thing is awesome it's funny um i'd never watched jimmy stewart so this was awesome yeah, the i kept good. i kept i just can't get it out of my head i feel like young nicholas cage would have been like this is him like, not looking like him, like, you listen to him talk, and the way he acts, Nicolas Cage would be different, but there, I feel like he would play it very similar. I could see him in those high-waisted pants that men wore in the 40s, and a fedora. And just the way he talks, and it's kind of slow, and draw. Yeah. The only, my point of contention with this movie, is that Mary's horrible fate <laughs> was that she was a librarian. I have a master's degree in library science and have worked as a librarian. Not Worst a thing I've ever heard. Not a public librarian, because, no. Um, I worked at a hospital. I was a hospital librarian. But I was thinking, she probably had an education. She makes her own money. She didn't, you know, ruin her body by having four kids. Maybe she found no out she was gay. No shade to people who have four kids, but maybe. <laughs> what's that have to do with it? I'm just saying, maybe she found out she was gay in a different life. Being a librarian doesn't make you because, gay. But they're saying, but he doesn't just say she's a librarian. He says she's an old maid. She's an old maid. But he's like 37, 38, something like that, whenever they his big moment happens. Yeah. And she's a few years younger because she was a younger sister of one of his classmates. 
I'm fairly sure. So she's only like 33 to 36. But this was the 1940s. My grandparents were about 20 and 21 when they got married in 1949. Like 33 to 36. Like, that's not old maid status. That's just... It was in the 40s. Anyway... She she looks better than all the other 30-somethings in her town, so... Anyway, that's some bullshit. I was listening to a podcast earlier today, so shout out to Garbage Podcast, where they do garbage movies and art movies and they were talking about it's a wonderful life and they said they they think they were kind of clowning on that like that was kind of a joke like everything else was super serious like oh the poor old the poor old pharmacist is homeless and uh everything is awful and then it was like a wink it's a joke that that marries a librarian Mm. so i'm gonna take that as just they were kind of making fun but all i mean pottersville had a bunch of bars and pool halls and i don't know it looked like a fun place i don't know it looked like fun it looked like vegas Oh, before we move on, we didn't watch it. Yeah, I meant to. But I'm going to shout it out anyway, because I'm sure it's awesome. There's a there's a specific Christmas Twilight Zone episode about a drunk mall Santa who, I don't know, learns to be a real Santa or something. Haven't, well, I may, maybe I saw part of it when I was younger. I was going to say, I don't think I've seen this I meant to it. watch it before we did this. But go watch that, because Twilight Zone episodes, every one of them is good. Every single one of them is 22 minutes every of brilliance. one. Every single one. The old <gasps> ones from the 60s. Son of a bitch. Yeah, not the newer ones from the 80s. Okay. I can write like that. I'm, I can't write a full fucking novel, but these people can write the most brilliant things for a 22-minute episode. So, anyway, number 11 is Bad Santa. Which, have you seen it? Yeah, you may watch it. I did. I, mean, I think it's really funny. I just... I it's feel, so funny. I, it is, but I felt so bad for that kid. Like... Oh. Uh, like, the just kid... Just the way in, he made fun of him? The, yeah, the kid in the movie and the kid that had to play in it. I'm like, I know this guy, this is part of the script and he's supposed to talk, but this kid still... I hope they were really super sweet to the kid afterwards, like, after he called him, like, a fat little dummy or whatever I always, he did, and they were really nice to him after, like, we're not, we're just playing, this is pretend. I was hoping it would be one of those situations where you can tell that they have done, like, uh, they edited it, so they have them on opposite sides, so you don't know what they probably actually said in front of them, in front of the kids, they just had them in the shot, and then they flip over to the kids, and it's... That he's saying something totally different, but on script. Yeah, he's not calling him a fucking little loser to his face or something. Yeah, but nope. That kid's standing right in front of him, no green screen. Yep. Just calling him a fat, dumbass, or whatever he called yeah. him. Yeah, but it's a, it's a funny movie. I like it. It's it's uh, much more up my alley than something like, say, Jingle All the Way or The Santa Claus. So, number 12 is also up my alley. You guys are going to think this is really weird. Sesame Street's Christmas Carol. I insisted that we watch this. It was on HBO Max. It was only 45 minutes. And I insisted that we watch it because I love Sesame Street. Now, I grew up in kind of like the golden age of Sesame Street. I was a kid, little kid in the early 80s. And that was when Sesame Street was very, like, for, like, the 1970s and 1980s style. Yeah. And, and, and there was, like, trash everywhere. And it was really shitty. Even so, when I watched, like, I watched it I when I was a kid. I love trashy Sesame Street. I watched that stuff when I was a kid. And it was still sort of, like... Not super clean, not but it wasn't like back in the day. Back in the day, it, like I mean, he made it look grungy on purpose. I know, like they, you guys are broke. They specifically wanted it to reflect the life, the space the kids like watching it would live in. Yeah, it's like a stupid Queens or something. So, so yeah, 
Yeah, it looks like trash, but... Uh. It was good, and okay, Oscar the Grouch is our Scrooge character, and he's perfect. And what I what is interesting about him, as opposed to all the other Scrooge stories, is that he doesn't really change. No, he just he doesn't stays really an have, asshole. He stays an asshole. He doesn't really have, like, a developmental arc or anything. I'm trying to remember what he's the kid... just a dick the whole time, and it's, it's so funny. I'm trying to remember what the kid gave at the end. It was like a... No, he gave a kid a fucking smelly-ass shoe. He was like... He was like, ah, I'm filled with the spirit of giving. Here you go, kid. Here's this trashy fucking <laughs> He was shoe. a dick. Like, he makes fun of this poor delivery guy this whole time who's kind of like the Jacob Morley character. Who, I swear, I know he's not him, but I swear it's the guy that does Rick and Morty. Like, it sounds exactly like Lemon Grab. It does. We we looked it up. It's not the same guy, but he's these spazzy little characters. I'm <laughs> yeah, he sounded like him. So Oscar is the, the the Scrooge, and he's a dick, and he's so sarcastic. And I'm like, this is why. Like, Oscar was my favorite character from Sesame Street. Fucking Grumpy Bear, who I have a little... I have another one over there. He was my favorite Care Bear, because he was a dick, and he hated everybody. Which, what does that say about me? Obviously, I wasn't the most pleasant child on the playground. So he's visited by... I, I don't really like the ghosts very much, but I like what they show him. I mean, the first ghost was... He was he was like a grouch from the 1800s. Weird, weird CGI. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't like oh, the CGI. I wish I they like just it. used puppets. I like just use puppets. But I mean, at least it was like a grungy furry nutsack, just like Grouch, <laughs> like just like Oscar. Yeah. And they were just like complimenting was, each other on how disgusting they were. Was that the one with the Bert and Ernie? Yeah, the very first one. I was the really like so the the story of the past looked like it was a sketch from either the seventies or the eighties, and it was the gift of the Magi, but it was Bert and Ernie, and so that's based on the O. Henry story about the the young husband and wife who want to get oh. each other gifts and they're very poor, and the... so they each give up something to get each other a gift, and that's like she she cuts off all her hair to get him a watch fob, and he buy he gets her some combs. Oh, and she, and, and then, he get, he sold his watch to get her the why combs. That guy was still working on Christmas Eve. Mr. Hooper. Yeah. And Mr. Hooper was in it. Yes, Mr. Hooper with his delightful New York accent. And okay, I remember. I'm aging myself here. I'm 42. I remember when Mr. Hooper died. And I was watching those episodes, and I think I already knew what death was. I had my moment of being really afraid of death, and then I was like, okay, this is a thing that happens. But Mr. Hooper was not there one day, and Big Bird was like, oh, where's Mr. Hooper? And, and Maria, I think, said, Mr. Hooper died. I'll just talk to him when he comes back. She, I, I can hear distinctly, like this is implanted on my childhood brain. Big Bird, death means you never come back. And so I learned about death from Sesame Street. I mean, that giant-ass bird hadn't found out about death while he was growing up? Well, Big Bird's kind of not the sharpest tool in the shed. But um, it was really cute with Bert and Ernie because I think Bert wanted to give up his paperclip collection and Ernie gave up Rubber Ducky and, and, and Mr. Hooper came in and saved the day at the end. So I really, okay. I, I was very feeling very nostalgic to I'm see Bert sorry, and Ernie and Mr. Hooper. But, okay. Okay, you know how um, the conservatives are freaking out about like different things like Gonzo wearing a dress or something. In, Why wouldn't in some... Gonzo wear a dress? He did, like, way back in the day, but it happened recently and they freaked out. But anyway... He's Gonzo! Bert and Ernie have been sitting in front of everybody for the last 30-plus years. They're roommates. They're... No. Bullshit. <laughs> There's... They're a couple, damn it. No... No roommates do this much work for each other. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm not a good friend to any of the people who consider me a friend, so I don't know what it's like to be a good friend to people, so maybe Bert and Ernie are just really good friends, and they do nice things for each other. They gay. 
<laughs> and there's nothing wrong with no, that. No, that's cool. Fine. But just, I don't understand people like, oh, what are you teaching? The sh shut up. It's fine. You, just tell. It's not a big if, deal. Just tell them if they ever see a gay person, he's like Bert and Ernie. Bam. Done. <laughs> you can love whoever you want to love. Yeah. If you okay. want to love Bert's stupid hair, do it. Bert would be a hard person to love, but also I am a hard person to love. Oh, also Bert and Ernie came from It's a Wonderful Life. And I heard this disputed the other day that it didn't, but I like to tell myself well, that uh, it did. There were two characters who were very good friends named Bert and Ernie. And she it's said a they were. Life. So they well, are. Well, I heard that somewhere, but then I heard it somewhere else that they weren't. So I'm just going to say, I mean, come on. Why wouldn't they be from It's a Wonderful Life? There's a cab driver named Ernie and a cop named Bert, and they were best friends. Come on. That's it has it. to be. It yeah. has to be. I want it to be. That's the, the headcanon that, that Bert and Ernie the Muppets are Bert and Ernie from It's a Wonderful Life. Okay. Number 13 was a delightful gem that we watched. Miracle on 34th Street from... This one was the one I was like, oh my God. This might be my favorite, like, best made Christmas movie ever. Okay, talk about it. Um... I'm out of whiskey. <laughs> a a woman running a Christmas the Macy's par parade, parade happens to oh yeah it's all about Macy's I forgot um, product placement for product placement was product placement um, yeah it's basically a movie about Macy's yeah the woman running the parade loses her Santa to alcoholism <laughs> so this random refined. Uh, Young Santa. He's yeah, not he young. young. He's not young, but he's so refined. I love him. A little just, dapper British gentleman. Happens to be walking through town, correcting people on their Christmas things very nicely, and he's like, "Ah, oh, well, I'll fill in," and becomes the bell and the ball of Santas, and takes over Santaing at Macy's and whatnot, and decides to make it his personal vendetta of life to like teach this woman to enjoy Christmas and the, teach her child to make believe. <laughs> her child was played by a young Natalie Wood. Maureen O'Hara is the woman, and Natalie Wood is her daughter. She was fun. Yeah. The little girl was fun. Like, I've had yeah. students like that, where you talk to them like... They're like, old? you can't bullshit a bullshitter sobbing them. How old are you? You're not six. <laughs> yeah, it was very... And he was such a delight. He was so charming. He was played by Edmund Glenn... And he won an Academy Award for this role. I think this also got Best Picture. Deserved it. It was so... And it's and it's not just about it, Christmas. It's also about uh, what could be elder abuse and mental health and, and all kinds of things. It gets serious. It actually makes you, like, I wanted feel... so badly to believe in Santa Claus when I was watching this movie. Yeah, it actually makes you feel a little bit of that joy that dies when you're 18. Oh, uh, it, it took you a long time. Whatever, whenever your joy to die. Whenever your your Christmas joy, like, you know, how at some point it it hits a peak of Christmas and then it starts yeah, to. Yeah, it's like that yeah, Christmas, so I don't have to that, go to school. That for the during this movie, it kind of brings you back up to almost child this level. This is what yeah. I might have to watch every year at Christmas because the acting I could is do so that. good, the story's so good. I think we need to watch it. every He's year so at fun just to listen to. Him. I can let He's him so... talk. All day. Yes, he's like, you could see him sitting by the fire reading Shakespeare or something. So that was so <laughs> and fun. And he's Santa. He's Santa. He was so good. Mm. So good. I have not seen the remake with Richard Attenborough. I, I, I know it's we not going to be. We should watch that, though. We should watch it. I don't think I'm going to like it I as hope much. they don't just use the same. Like, the, the, the way they validate him was clever. 
I also love the congressman, not the congressman, but the uh, the head um, judge, who is an elected official, and he wants to. He's got this guy in his audience that's like his his. It's like um, his political advisor. Yeah, his press guy, basically, and he seems like a mobster. <laughs> the way he's like, "You want to be the one that tells all these kids that Santa is real, huh? That you that you're gonna be you tomorrow." You gonna go out there and tell them that Santa's real, but he kind of gives them shit from both ends. Yeah, and there are a lot of adult issues and things like like as a child, I don't, I would probably have found this movie boring, but as a adult, I really like it because you deal with working people and um, you know politics and law and all this stuff, and so it's a it was just I'd, I'd avoided it because I thought oh, this is a dumb kids movie. It's not. It's a really good just classic movie. Yeah. So okay, getting down to the last two. Number 14 is Beauty and the Beast, The Enchanted Christmas, which... Tim Curry's back. <laughs> Tim Curry is back as... I don't... He's oh. the organ. He's this evil pipe organ. I think they call him Maestro or something. He's Maestro, the pipe organ. So, remember, all the servants in Beauty and the Beast have been turned into objects and stuff. So, it starts out in the future, after everybody's been changed back into humans, and Lumiere and Cogsworth are giving each other shit, and they're like, hey, remember that time... There was Christmas at the castle, and they're like, yeah. And then when we were watching it, I said, is this Jeepers Creepers 3? <laughs> because it's not a prequel. It's not a sequel. It's... Uh, in betweenquel. It's an in betweenquel. If you have not watched that trash fire of a movie, Jeepers Creepers 3, you would maybe understand this as uh, Lion King 1 and a half. Like, that's the, that's the other Yeah, it takes metaphor. place... Wild Bell is at the castle, but not at the end with the climax. It's actually kind of well stuck in there. Like, at least... Okay, be honest. That's what she said. We haven't haven't finished it. Um, But we liked what we watched. I like what I see so far. Um, But it's it's kind of in a perfect spot for it to still be in the continuity. Mm -hmm. And I, I just... I love the idea that this fucked up pipe organ is like, I will feed his sadness. Yeah, so the pipe oh, organ, de- he wants soul. he wants to remain a pipe organ. He does not want Belle to fall in love with the Beast and turn everybody back into humans. He wants to stay a pipe organ, so he plays all these goth, dark, sad <laughs> tunes and keeps the Beast in a sad mood. Yeah, it's it's so, like, Pavlovian, though. I like it. Like, it's, it's a really good idea. Um, and Tim Curry's good when he's playing a villain. Oh yeah, and he's he's doing all of it. He's screaming. He's whispering sexually. <laughs> yeah, has he gotten like a weirdly sexual song yet? He sort of had a tune in there, and it was it wasn't like um, toxic love. It wasn't toxic love. No, nothing is toxic love. Toxic love. I think you need to put a clip of that in the oh, YouTube video. Lord. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's yeah, it's good. Um, Oh, watch it. If you think that, like, we watched some of the, the, um, the sequels of Disney movies, which are, like, notoriously not Like, The Little Mermaid 2 and Lion King 2. We've been watching them, and yeah, sometimes they're not good. No, Uh, there's a reason why they were straight to video. It's still fun. Um, okay, Aladdin 2 wasn't really that great. Aladdin 3 with his hot dad was good. Yeah, um... I don't say anything about his dad, but but I really like the third one. His dad's a silver fox. I, I like the second one because I saw it when I was a kid, and it's 
whatever. It was the pilot for the show, basically. <laughs> but yeah, this is one of the good sequels. It like, really it's, is. It's a good Disney sequel. It has the... It, the animation isn't great, but that's fine. It's fine. It was for, like, straight to be AGS, so... Yeah, so it's an in-betweenquel. It takes place sometime between Belle's captivity and when the Gaston and everybody storms the castle and they try to kill the beast. I think it starts immediately after the wolf attack. Okay, because that's when she's kind of, she's accepted her fate and she starts to kind of like him. He's still all over the place in his head because that's the beast. Yeah, he's still being a dick. But, but yeah. yeah. So, last <laughs> one, number 15, is Home Alone. Classic. Classic. I saw this movie when it was in the theaters, and I remember my family had gone to Oklahoma City to see my dad's sister and her family, and my cousins were at school, and I think my uncle was at work, so my aunt recommended that we go to the movies and watch mm -hmm. that, and I remember her saying, you will want to see it again. And we did. It was just, it was like, reminds me of the first time I saw Jurassic Park, how scary that was. And with Home Alone, it was just so funny the first time you watch it now now that i watch it i'm like oh really like, really i have a lot of questions we pitch meeting it basically yeah but um but it's it's still fun it's still funny the acting is good it's like it's hard to watch people get hit in the face with paint cans but... and I, okay i'll be honest i like this i know it's the exact same movie again but i like both of them lost in new york and which also has if, tim curry if i was gonna say that if we include them as a set, then that means Tim Curry is the actor that's on this list the most often. Yeah, because he's, he's the Morgan. three? Well, we kind of talked about Muppet Treasure Island, which he was not very good Annie. in. Annie. Annie. So that's four. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Tim Curry taking away the nominee and the, the when and the whatever. Tim Curry would make an interesting Santa Claus. Oh, dear Lord. I don't know if we need that. He used to play Mr. French, which always seemed very Christmassy to Who's me. Who's Mr. French? Uh, it's this show about um, a British butler in, like, New York or Wasn't something. Wasn't it the remake of Mr. Belvedere? It was Mr. I Belvedere. I don't know. It was a remake. Okay. Mr. Belvedere was a show in the 80s, which was based on a movie my grandmother made me watch called Sitting Pretty, which was made in, like, the 40s. And, it, and that was, the guy's name was Mr. Belvedere. That's a lot of remaking and remaking. My and grandma remaking. made me watch a lot of old movies, but they were good ones. That's it. I That's think our list. Home Alone might be one of the better, like, slapsticky type of films also. It is. It's fun. And I really do like the sequel, too, Lost in New York. It's like, good. Uh, Donald Trump is in it. Just very briefly. <laughs> So, okay, out of this... And then he got pissed when they cut him out of the TVS broadcasting version. They did? That's some they, petty shit. But, they, but that's <laughs> not why they did it. They did it because it was always like that. They did it to save time. Like, that scene doesn't really matter at all, so they had to fit it in whatever they I mean, did. I might be a little sad, so too. So they cut his five seconds out, and he got all fucking salty. Um, like, get over it, salty. fucking okay. Mr. President. Uh, out of this list... Which one is your favorite? Oh, okay. As far as just straight up Christmas movie, I'll say my runner up is Tokyo Godfather, just so I can tell people to go out and watch it because it, no one knows about it and they need to. Uh, but as far as an absolute Christmas movie, Miracle on 34th Street. That's kind of what I was going to say. I think as far as, okay, I'm thinking of it in kind of two categories. My favorite thing to watch at Christmas time is Mickey's Christmas Carol, but out of this list, the best movie, acting, script, everything, Miracle on 34th Street. Mm. 
Yeah, it's like, a wonderful life as a close second. But I will Marilyn always, so I will good. always want to watch a Muppets Christmas Carol around Christmas, um, but it's not gonna be like one of the best movies. It's still a Muppet movie. Yeah, <laughs> which they do good, but yeah. Yeah, Muppet movies are always fun. Okay, so that's our list for Christmas. So whether you're watching this on uh, Christmas Day or afterwards, enjoy the movies during the holiday season. You can follow us on YouTube, like and subscribe if you want to see more videos of us talking about movies we either love or hate, and see more videos of AJ yawning. I yawn so much. He yawns in every know. video, and I drink in every video. So uh, follow us on. You can listen to our podcasts on Anchor, Spotify, and iTunes, and you can follow us on Instagram at Movie Pain or Pleasure Podcast. And we also stream our episodes live on Twitch. So yeah, do that. Uh, <laughs> uh, definitely go to YouTube. We have more cataloged videos all the way back to the first one where we were still weird. Um, Are we not still weird? Okay, we were awkward. Are we not still awkward? Balls and sack. <laughs> I can just say that now and I'll think about it. Um, perhaps in the beginning, I did. I don't know. <laughs> but we're we're catching up on... We're close to 2,000 views total. So... Help, help us out. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I think that's it. Join our cult. Be my victim. Have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and Happy oh, Holidays. And what are you going to say? Just not one. <laughs> not, not one. Um, uh, not preview, but like thoughts for the future. I don't know when we'll do this because New Year's is coming up, but we were thinking about jujitsu. We did promise Nicolas Cage in the trailer. And... We haven't done um, we haven't done a dance movie. We haven't done really a martial arts movie in a while. Mm -hmm. So outside of best of the best, which we did a video on YouTube, yeah. So talk thinking about jujitsu. Let us know what you think, or maybe Fast and Furious Nine. Fast about. Nine would be a good one. Um, but yeah, comment and like and share and do all the things that make the algorithm God Cthulhu love us. Yes. Is it all hail Cthulhu? And a Merry Christmas I will give you, you a broken thumb. For okay, bye! <laughs>